turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah, it's business time. Joining me now, the one, the only, Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist at Briefing.com. Tuesdays, I get to talk with Chief Market Analyst Patrick O'Hare. Wednesdays, I get to talk with Dr. Jeff Rosen. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Oh, pretty good at yourself. Good. Now, today is one of those Fed Open Market Committee minute meeting release days that I guess I should just cancel you on these Wednesdays and talk to you on Thursdays because it's all about tomorrow or all about what happens later in the day, but what do you expect from the Fed open market meeting minutes? Nothing. I mean, I think you're going to still find that they're discussing when, uh, you know, the economy will be on track for rates to rise, what conditions they're looking at. Uh, but I don't think it's going to deviate from anything that we've heard Fed speakers say. Um, personally, I think the minutes are, are overblown. I mean, they're, they're six weeks old. You're getting much more informative information uh, from the, you know, week-to-week speeches that we see from, you know, all the Fed presidents, so, you know, or Fed governors. So waiting for the minutes to see the same thing that you, you know, get more accurate information, you know, and and more current speeches. Okay. With that said, uh, the market does pay a lot of attention to it and reacts in dramatic swings at times. Uh, Are we still on the pace for higher interest rates in 2015, and uh, job market numbers are improving, so maybe that's earlier than it did? Yeah, it's it's very difficult to say when the rates are going to rise. I mean, okay. If you look at the overall economic conditions, unemployment rates are at levels that are normally associated with an economy you know, closing in on full employment, which would mean that uh, you're, you should be seeing some upward wage pressures, which should drive uh, inflation higher, which is normally the sign of an overheating economy. Currently, the inflation growth is still below target, so there's no need for an immediate uh, reaction to raise rates. But you know, a target of you know July or September of next year, which is what uh, the Fed futures are pointing at, you know, makes sense. I think things are, are moving on that uh, on that path. Housing starts were reported lower today, down 2.8%, but single-family market shows some strength. Um, Permits were up, six-and-a-half-year high. How's the housing market playing out in your eyes at this point in time? Yeah, the overall housing number has been kind of... You know, topsy-turvy lately. Uh, since June, we've had an up-down month, so you know, it goes down one month, up the next. So, 
you know, it only made sense that since we had a, you know, a gain in September to see a decline in October. And a lot of that is coming because we're seeing volatility in the multifamily sector. I was pleasantly surprised with the strength in the single family sector. Uh, I was expecting, you know, a small gain in that area, but not as large as what actually occurred. And single family construction tends to be a very stable and a very, um, secure area. So the fact that we saw movement in that, you know, gives us hope that construction trends are going to start to improve. And we had the NAHB survey that came out yesterday, and, and I am notorious for not liking um, sentiment indicators, but it did say that, uh, you know, home builders believe that conditions are improving, and we know that supply of single-family homes are low. So it would be a good starting point to you know, drive construction higher. And it seems that home builders believe that as well. Other stories of note out there in the world of the economy. Uh, we recently saw producer inflation remaining tepid in the United States. Is this something we're going to need to worry about in 2015 and or not there yet? The question is really how much slack is there in the labor market? If the labor market is you know, weak. You know, if, if a lot of people that were discouraged have left, but, you know, we figure we'll re-enter the labor market soon. And if we believe that the unemployment rate is masking an actually worse uh, employment sector, then inflation growth isn't going to come for a while because we need to have a tighter labor market to drive higher wages. And you need the higher wages to drive inflation. So, you know, until we start seeing wage pressure, you know, I, I don't believe we're going to see much, if any, uh, you know, core price growth. I mean, we may see movements in inflation on the commodity sectors, more of, the, of global uh, trends, and especially if, um, you know, global economy can get out of its rut and start accelerating in 2015, you may see some more pressure. But... You know, looking at domestic production, domestic growth, inflation, you know, and service areas and stuff like that, it's going to be difficult. So you know, I still see benign inflation for, you know, at least another six to nine months. One of the big stories that we've been seeing play out for 20 years is Japan has an economy that has a lot of old people in it, and this is creating growth problems. What stops the United States from having the same exact play out that Japan has had of struggling to get their economy going again as we get older? Well, the United States isn't declining in population, and I think that's the difference. You know, we have a, you know, a healthy, a flawed immigration system. Uh, you have still, you know, U.S. citizens having kids. So the population growth aspect is still moving higher, which is needed because in order for economic growth, you have to have uh, increases in labor or an increase in production. And a lot of times it's easier to have labor than it is to increase productivity to, to drive growth. In Japan, you have the labor components going negative. So the only way you could have GDP growth is if productivity improves. And, you know, that's a hard thing to do, especially the way you know, the situation is in Japan where savings are high and, you know, you just don't have the uh, necessary inputs to, to drive growth. Now, if Japan loosened its immigration system and, and started to try to attract uh, people from outside of 
Japan, you know, maybe from Korea, from the Philippines or whatnot, and increase their population, they'd be in a better situation. But uh, culturally, Japan is not a uh, a country that you know looks for uh, immigrants to come to this country to uh, to, to boost production. So I, I don't see that happening. Anything that you're working on, Dr. Jeff Rosen, that you think we should be paying attention to? Well, I was looking at um, a piece last week that came out, or came, actually the data came out a couple weeks ago from the Tax Foundation on uh, state uh, business tax climates. And I ran a series of statistical models to look at how changes in state tax rates uh, impact economic growth. And what was interesting is that, you, you know, especially in the last campaign cycle, you kept hearing cut taxes, spur growth cut taxes, spur growth. But if you look at the actual empirical data from uh, 2014 through 2006, so the last nine years, what you've seen is that changes in the tax rate have had almost zero impact on economic growth. We've seen some sector growth. So like the manufacturing sector, for example, has seen some uh, improvements in payroll gains uh, when states reduce uh, their uh, taxes, but a lot of that is because reducing taxes is done as an incentive to uh, bring in manufacturing uh, production, manufacturing plants. So, you know, that would be expected, but, you know, for the rest of the economy, payroll growth, you know, income growth, wage gains, you don't see much, if any, evidence that uh, reducing taxes will improve uh, economic gains. Thanks very much. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. He always has excellent content that you can find at Briefing.com, but he also joins our show on a weekly basis to give us some economic insight. Um, Don't bet on economic growth from a drop in state taxes was his last thing that he brought up. Um, state business tax climate index for 2015. You know, best states, worst states, they're out there. Um, and the economic growth that you can get from either or. Uh, there's no economic argument that reducing taxes can spur economic growth. It follows the fact that higher profit margins allow for greater business investment or expansion. It also follows the idea that lower tax rates would be an incentive for more people to find a job because of higher disposable income. He says, in truth, current state taxes are not prohibitive of economic growth. He's using the Laffer curve as an analogy. Tax rates are left of the revenue peak. So states that try to spur growth through changes in tax laws may not see much, if any. Anyway, uh, worthy of note, he's a smart guy, and he writes some smart opinions at briefing.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, the, I, I don't even have to hit this, do I? Um, the woolly mammoth that was found, it's pretty amazing stuff if you watch the video. Um, you know, the, the animal was trapped the, in the, the new documentary, was trapped in a peat bog and eaten alive by wolves. Not a good way to die. Grim fate, Right. But its well-preserved body may provide, you know, a lot of clues about these animals. You know, they used carbon dating to determine that the mammoth, you know, which was nicknamed the lovely name Buttercup, 
was alive 40,000 years ago. Uh, it first evolved around 5 million years ago, but went extinct 4,500 years ago as the Earth started to warm. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. In the documentary, a scientist actually takes a bite of the meat. <laughs> Pretty disgusting. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com.